do it alone. Oh! Sensational goal from Thierry Henry to secure a sensational result for Arsenal. Pires. Oh, what a shot! It's a fabulous goal from Roman Pires. It was in from the moment he hit it. Bakayo Saka. Welcome back to Always Arsenal. Completely buoyant after that last few hours, Tom. Nice to nice of you to join me. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, very well. I was going to say what a difference a day can make, but it's, it's not it's not much over a day. Obviously, the Wednesday to Saturday uh, lunchtime kickoff uh, is obviously the shortest break they give you in football. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the difference of emotions is stark, let's be saying that, from yeah. the, <clears throat> the, the gut-wrenching emptiness and deflation of the Man City loss to uh, not only a win at lunchtime, a difficult win, but we'll break it down in a minute, you know, because at the end of the day, we'll be looking at the table right now. We'll be looking at what happened at the Forest later on in the day, but that was a tough win today. So not only did we get the win, but the manner we got the win, the the, the, the manner in the last minute lifts us so much. And then a couple of hours later, what happens? Forest, so plenty to talk about, plenty to digest and dissect. Yeah, I think we've, um, you know, you mentioned the early turnaround, obviously, for the for today's game at Villa, and you know, after Wednesday night, I mean, you, you were there, I was on my sofa, and I'm sure we would be in agreement that we were, if we weren't flat, if we weren't flattened after the Everton and Brentford game, the City game kind of sort of really toppled us down, didn't it? But I think we had we had sort of two or three days to kind of mull it over and get even more kind of anxious for this Villa game. And then we had most of today's game with even more anxiety because obviously we'll talk about how it panned out because obviously oh. the last 10 minutes were just crazy. But um yeah, like you know, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of of a roller coaster of the last 72 hours, but also within today's game as well. Com- completely and deflation was the flat was the word. Came out of the ground Wednesday night. <clears throat> and what I do is I park at um Crouch End and my in-laws and um then get the bus in for sorry, then I get the bus from there to Finsbury Park and then walk down from Finsbury Park. And on Wednesday night, you know, obviously what's what's the walk from Arsenal to Finsbury? What 15, 20 minutes tops, you know, just around you know, with the crowds, probably 20 minutes. Um, but normally, like I said, normally I get the W3 up to Crouch End from there, but I didn't, I just carried on walking. I was so flat, I just walked all the way to Crouch End, which is only it's like an extra 25 minutes. You don't need to do it though, and I just probably flat, needed it, yeah. Flat, you know. And yet today, let's be honest. Let's, let's not pull any punches. It's a stinker of a fixture for Arsenal because we are three at the, going into the game, um, three unbeaten in the league, four unbeaten. Uh, sorry, it's not so four. So four, three without a win in the league and four without a win, all told, obviously with the cup game as well to City. Um, we're going into that with only 48 hours or a bit more than that rest since the game. I think it's, you know, we'd have been warm. We'd have had a warm down session Thursday. And then we'd have had to get the coach up on, on 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 Friday. Basically, no full proper training. And we're going into the early kickoff, confidence low, morale low, still missing Gabby Jesus, still missing Thomas Partey. And who are we playing? We've got a lunchtime kickoff against an ex-Arsenal manager. It's another story. You know, I mean, it's a bit like the Deitch thing with the new manager bounce, playing, you know, playing an ex-manager. <clears throat> it stinks, doesn't it? So it's, it's just a tough one. Yeah, and the, the, the country's eyes were on us at 12.30 today. Yeah, and, and uh, do you know what? I mean, you can read so much. You read far too much into it as a fan. But I was like watching us come out of the tunnel for for even for the warm-up. And we weren't bouncing. You know, that sort of skip down the tunnel to get to get out there and warm up. It, it, it felt very much business as usual, but you could see we was going to have to not, not get the luck, which I think we did a little bit today, but... It wasn't going to be like a Rolls Royce two three nil coast job today because we're just not the confidence there. The morale wasn't there. We needed to get the three points by hook or by crook, and obviously that's what it was. <clears throat> now, now saying that, the way in which and I'll ask your opinions and breakdown of the game, we can actually go through the forty fives. But but getting the the win so late, I actually now think is beneficial. We'll be sky high, you know. Uh, but it was a, it was a tough forty five, wasn't it? it? It felt a bit nervous we weren't awful we, we played some good stuff we opened them up quite well we created some good stuff but obviously you, there were still defensive frailties and well, what did nerves. you firstly I guess what did you make of um obviously the team news with with two changes from Wednesday I felt that was about right two changes I mean lots of 
look, you know, you and I were, you know, sort of analysing pre the game and we wouldn't have been adverse to maybe uh, an extra change, maybe a Tierney as well and maybe Zinchenko going left eight and Jacker getting, getting a rest. But two is fine. Do you mean like you, you start making three, four changes to your normal 11 and then if it still goes wrong, it, it's very, it's a mess, isn't it? So I felt two changes felt, felt fine for me. It felt about right. Wouldn't have been adverse to a third, but, um, you know, the two felt about right. You get get White back, which I think was the right thing to do. That pod on the right-hand side of Saka and Odegaard is so much stronger when Ben White's part of that. And that's not a slate on Tommy Asu. It's more what Ben White brings versus what Tommy Asu doesn't. But Ben White does that. And then, obviously, Trossard, I think he's about deserved his start. You know, I don't necessarily think it was the game for him. Ironically, I think the game was two games ago in Brentford. I think it would have been ideal to start against that against the low block at home. You know, the trickery. Might have got us an extra couple of points. Um, well, that and Lee Mason. But anyway, we'll leave that one now. Um, so I, I felt it felt about right. You? Um, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I've been clamouring for some tweaks and some changes, but I've, I've also been mindful of that. That can also sometimes come in like patterns of play, not just personnel-wise. Um, I think we'll probably, some a couple of things you mentioned there, we'll probably touch on later on about potentially a change at left-back in the next few weeks because of maybe Xhaka's form, which we can talk about. Um, but yeah, I would say so. I think I don't think Martinelli, like I said to you the other day, I don't think Martinelli's really been poor. It's just that he's been one of the more, I think he's probably been the biggest victim of Jesus being out of the side and the lack of kind of rotation in that left-hand pod, really. But yeah, I'm, I was I was okay with the lineup, to be honest with you. And I think you've probably been the same too. We've been quite flat over the last few days. And I just think going into this game, I was, like you said, I feel like we just needed to get the three points somehow. I mean, it yeah. puts through the ringer massively. But yeah, for first half, um, or, or, or the, the, the start was quite, you know, not much not much to write about, I don't think. And then all of, then all of a sudden Zinchenko, yeah, sort of, sort of dallies on it and, and gets caught. And then I didn't think there was much wrong with that. I know Saliba and Ramsdale have been kind of getting a little bit of stick, but I think that's a great finish. And and Ramsdale doesn't have a lot of time to react to that. Uh, maybe, I, 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 maybe he could go with his legs like a De Gea style, but I thought Zinchenko was at fault. Yeah, for me, the I don't think Ramsdale's at fault there because I think it's one of those ones that the keeper goes for it and obviously it could easily hit them. And then suddenly it's a great save. But if you watch it in real time, to be fair to Watkins, he rifles that. It's not It's not like a, it, it's hit with serious, you know, it's a, it's a nice fizzed shot, you know. It's not all the power, but it's just caught very cleanly. It's fizzed. It's almost that gap where it's a bit too, it's a bit too close to dive and he shouldn't really dive. But equally, legs, you know, A, doesn't really often go over his legs and B, you know, um, it might have been a bit too far off the legs. It's just that caught, aw- awkward sort of distance away from his body. Could he? Could he save it on another day? Absolutely, he could. Yeah, he I could just hit him. I could probably see a De Gea doing that left foot out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another keeper could easily save that, but it's not one I'm looking at. My keeper saying he should save that. It's a rifled shot, really close. Actually, you need to be stopping it before it gets there. And i.e., like you said, Zinchenko slightly at fault. Zinchenko is so weird because I feel like I feel like I want to play him every single game because of what he gives you, because he gives you such flexibility to, to flex formations within the match. He gives you incredible spirit. He gives you an incredible technical ball. I didn't realise how good he was technically. You know, there was that famous video that, you know, went viral about him doing the KPRPs, you know, at City and Kyle Walker saying he's technically the best at City and everyone's like, really, Zinchenko? Um, and you see it and he's, he's incredible. Um, so he, I want him to play every week. But I can equally equally see why Pep didn't because you can see it's sort of like he's not really a left back. Is he a left eight? I know he keeps he plays there for his country, but he probably doesn't have the strength. So it's, 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 it's a really but I want to play him every week, so I won't get into Zinchenko. There's an error there. We, we concede the goal. We bounce back twice, obviously, um, because you know they go and get another in the half. Um, I, I saw a stat that we won over half. The times we've conceded first, we've won the game. We come back and won the game. So, you know, you've got to take, you've got to take that. Um, obviously, we get back into the game through through Saka, who, mm. you know, is, is, I text sort of half joking in the group chat, sort of getting carried by a twenty-one-year-old, which isn't fair because we've been incredible all season. All of us have, but he's obviously Mister Consistent, still doing it. Mm. I think it's it is a little bit scary that he's been our Player of the Year for the last two seasons, two nineteen. Um, so. Uh, 2021 and 21 22. And let's be honest, he'll probably be, if he just continues the form, will probably be player of the year 22 23. 
And bearing in mind that only Thierry Henry is the only player in Arsenal's history who's won more than three player of the year at Wheels. So he'd be in ridiculous company and he's 21 years old. So on the one hand, that's me raving about Bakaya Saka. But on the other hand, it is a bit worrying that we're that reliant on what was a 19-year-old, then was a 20-year-old, 20-year-old, and now he's only 21. So, but his numbers are doing great. So he gets us back in the game with a fantastic finish. Um, last season in the Premier League, he got 18 goals and assists. Mm. Um, he's already at 17 goals and assists with what, seven, 16 games left? So you'd think he's going to go on and smash those numbers, which is great. So keep on seeing that step up um, is great. Get back in the well, game, but we don't stay level for long. No. Well, I was I was going to say about the finish as well. That's something that he's added to his game. We saw it against United, obviously, a few weeks back. But that is that is one hell of a hit today. I, I do want to, I mean, maybe this is the time to mention it. We'll talk about it in more detail as we go through. But I thought there were three very good strikes of the football today in different ways. Great technique on all three. Um, yeah, I think I think Mings could probably deal with that cross a bit better. Um mm. But I mean, what what a finish! I do, I do worry when the ball drops to Saka sometimes, and you think, oh, we're going to see that dribble past the post. But he's very, he's very, he's, he's quickly learning how to. He's definitely on that Colney, you know, grass, trying to perfect some definitely. of his finishing because that that's not a finish I would sort of relate um, with. To we Saka. don't have many great strikers of the ball in the squad, actually. And like you said, Saka for a couple of years hasn't really necessarily been a strong, powerful, controlled finish of the ball. It's kind of almost sort of like a shind, or you know, it's. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and and it, and it was a half of, it was a half of frustration from the fan point of view. I, I feel like we we were quite, I wouldn't say we were passive in possession, but Villa aren't the most um, aggressive, robust side. They don't they don't get they try to get in our face, but they're not a Brentford or an Everton or a Newcastle that have in recent weeks have really troubled us in that they didn't they tried to double up out wide. But what I noticed in the first half, and I think this carried on in the second half, and th- this is something to maybe going to detail about I guess tactically if we if we if we have qualified enough is that it's it looked to me today like we there was this magnet towards the right hand side of the pitch and particularly Jorginho on the ball but I think in general we were very much looking to try and just go down that right hand side all the time and it's, it looks quite obvious now that yep. we're trying to avoid build up in the left because it's not it isn't there in terms of the rotation Zinchenko's position Trossard cuts in a lot I actually wonder if Tierney and Trossard would actually work well together. Not that I actually would call for that in the next game, but I do feel Trossard is coming in. Like I felt that was a bit of a chance today, and I'm not sure if I would put a put a you know put an offer in for him to start against yes, yeah, Leicester. And and as if you're Trossard, you want to come out of today's game, don't you, Tom? Thinking, oh, I'll start Trossard against Leicester, but I don't feel like that. Um, no, what, what, do you, what do you feel about that kind of right-hand magnet that I felt was... Yeah, I, I, what, what I'm quite like low-key, and I know this isn't answering the question, I'm quite excited, therefore, for when Gabby Jesus comes back and sort of starts to play on the left a bit more because there's no two ways about it. I know everyone says, oh, our wingers are getting doubled up. I don't. I think Saka gets tripled up now. I think defences are overloading on that side because they know we hurt teams through the Odegaard, Saka you know, double act over on that side and they do act on that side. Um, and frankly, I felt Trossard was a bit ineffective today in the same way that Martinelli's been ineffective, i.e. neither of them individually, it's not like they're having howlers of games individually. We're just not, we haven't got the, the ball's not going through that channel. So they're just a bit ineffective. And when they do get it, they're quite isolated and they're quite by themselves because... More re- it's more being recycled, isn't it? Instead of actually like penetrating yeah. teams. And we're, we're going that side to try and... Actually, all we're doing from a tactical perspective is a bit like if you're a rugby fan, you try and overload one side so you can spin it the other way. Yeah. And the only way, the only reason we're playing that left channel is to try and draw defenders away from the right channel. And then we try and get it to Jorginho for, or a party when he's playing for a quick release to party Odegaard, um, sorry, sorry, to Saka Odegaard and White. You know, you almost just try and draw defenders away because they know it's getting too heavy there. But we don't actually try and penetrate there often, which is a shame. But, um, you know, because it can happen. And when it has happened in recent weeks, I think about the Eddie and Ketia goal, when it's sort of a good triangle there with um, Zinchenko and then Xhaka actually pings in the ball for the Eddie goal. Um, obviously, the Eddie missed chance against City, very similar left channel. But there have been crosses within versus channel play. Mm. Um, channel play is always on, or on the ground, is always coming from the right-hand side. Um, so, uh, yeah, again, the, the, it's all related to the Zinchenko being a left-back question who actually just plays in central midfield. And therefore, the left wing has no support behind him. Mm. It also, you know, if you're comparing, if Xhaka is your runner, your inside midfielder there, and Odegaard is your runner, 
obviously Odegaard's far more attacking. He's in close, tight-knit spaces. He's obviously a lot more gift, technically gifted than than, than Granit Xhaka. Uh, wouldn't have the long-range passing of Xhaka, but in that area of the pitch, you don't need long-range passing. You're only 25, 30 yards from goal. Um, do you know what I mean? You don't need you don't need you don't need to ping the ball 40 yards. Um, so you, you, so yeah, you, you you don't have the the substance of play on that left channel. So does he start? Does Trossard start next weekend? It's a you difficult know, one. You know what I think the elephant in the room is, and I think it's Xhaka. Hmm. Because you know, for, for the first time, I am probably questioning his selection. Um, and and this is not, this, you know, he's he's a great player. You know, he's had a great season. This is nothing, nothing like too critical of the guy. It's just that I feel like we are moving. We're moving beyond the. I think we're moving beyond him. And, and I hmm. think there needs to be there needs to be a change. And and he's not. He's not. He's not really bringing us the the strength and the defensive qualities that he also had earlier on in the season where he was able to do both. Whereas now he's almost trying to be the left eight without the, without the going back stuff. And, and then you just looks heavy, good. He, yeah, yeah. he looks heavier in the legs. And I think we, what we're trying to, what we're expecting of Xhaka is what we've, I guess we've always expected. He's just done such a good job of it. But what we're expecting is this sort of tippy toe, light footed, creative eight, and yeah. he's not that, and he never has been. It's just that he did. He just he performed out of his skin for five months. Um, and and, also, and, he, what, and and as you, as I always say about Jack, he's got the small factor stuff. You know, he he is a leader. He does get, you know rally the troops, even just the verbal stuff on the pitch. But I'm I, I am at that point now where I'm thinking we need to talk about this midfield. I think. Yeah, I think you're completely spot on. And the other reason, from a tactical perspective, is that the reason it worked so well in the first. I won't say first half of the year, let's talk about the first third of the season, i.e. the first sort of 12, 13, 14 games, is that teams weren't sitting as deep in defensive against us. Why? Because they were expecting to play the Arsenal finished fifth last year, eighth the year before. Do you know what I mean? So now they've seen we're class, we're good, they're sitting deep again. And once you're sitting deep, the two-way stuff isn't as actually as needed because actually what you are doing, you're camped 30 yards out do you have the intricate footwork? Do you have the, um, you know, Jack has never been the quickest, but do you have the short sprint over 5, 10, 15 yards bursts of pace? You know, do you have the vision to slip, slide people in? Do you have a ping? We spoke about it earlier. Jack, a ping is probably one of the better in the team, but none, we don't have many pingers. Like, we don't necessarily have an Erdegaard on that side, you know, and I'm not saying you want a carbon copy, but that level of technical ability to play one-twos, um, with Martinelli but what you don't also have in Martinelli which you probably do have slightly more trust on is as an efficient and a strong uh, retainer of possession as you do in Saka like you can ping balls into Saka and he'll retain the ball very well you try and do that in Martinelli and I think you'll bounce off his shins a bit so I think I, I, don't, I just think that left hand pod we're not saying it's broken or not or rubbish but it's just you're right our eyes are being drawn there is that is an improvement area where I think that if we, whether it's the summer or whether it's a solution before then, it, it, I wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt to see someone probably a bit more progressive there. But then you look at the options. Are the options are Fabio Vieira clearly, or if he's fit again, maybe an ESR. Hmm. And, you know. Yeah, I think we're, I mean, if we, if we are to, if we are to, talk about winning a league this season, I think there's going to need to be a change in that area quite soon to be honest with you that doesn't mean Jacker can't come back into the side you know and, and I think it'll be game dependent it'll yeah, be exactly. absolutely game dependent and, and this is something I've sort of I've been trying to sort of get my head around in the last few weeks really and sort of trying to articulate it in a way where it sounds like you know believable is that for how good this team have been there needs to be a point where things start to change whether that be personnel or even system I mean if, if if Zenchenko was to be brought inside, you could even look at how, you could even look at how City play with that kind of free at the back because you know White, Saliba, and Gabriel that 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 that's a perfect balance to play a three. You know? We often just play three, but really because like yeah, but as in more as in more kind of like in, <laughs> as in even without the ball at times, you know. Um, I, I also think we will, I, I don't necessarily think we'll wholly change system or patterns, but I, the personnel wise. I, I, I'd, I'd hope we could be a bit more flexible, fixture dependent in the next few weeks. Let's do. You know, we'll get to this at the end of the podcast. It's more looking forward, but you know, always Arsenal, always forward. Do you know what I mean? You know, let's just plug it. Always Arsenal, always forward. You know, forward is the way to go. Um, Leicester obviously away is a tough game, but then in the run of five games, 
we play four home games. And those home games are against Everton at home, Bournemouth at home, Palace at home, and Leeds at home. Now, you know, we, we know Leeds like a go, but you cannot tell me Everton at home, Bournemouth at home, Palace at home, Leeds at home. What are they going to be doing? They're going to be camping in. They're going to be sitting defensive. They're going to be playing a low block um, to different levels. You know, Dyche will be sitting there for the whole 90 minutes and he'll be loving it. You know, Palace and Leeds might try and play a bit, but they'll all be playing a similar system because they're away at Arsenal. They'll be giving up a lot of the ball. And therefore, do we need Jack's defensive abilities? Do we need a two-way player? They're probably not. Not in the same vein. And, you know, but then we go away to Liverpool, away to West Ham. You might bloody well need Jacker for those games, you know, and his, you know, especially his soft factors, his leadership. You might need to play more of a double pivot because actually you're going to be giving up more of the position to Liverpool side. Yeah. Where if you vacate that area, they'll have a midfield trio there who will just flood that box. Actually, you can probably afford to be a bit more. And we, a word that's come up a lot in our Arsenal group chat during the week of the last two weeks is risk. And I think it's an absolute key word that the more it gets squeaky bum time in the league title race. The more teams are going to be defensive against us because they're coming to play for points. We need to be willing to take risks in the final third and to open teams up. Now, that does mean you're going to be left a little bit light at times, but it could be something that happens. Um, look, we're going to the break. Let's, let's we'll, we'll jump on to sort of what the future looks like. Going to the break, obviously down. Uh, it's then from that point, it's a huge 45, 50 minutes, isn't it, for our season? Yeah, I put in. I think I put in the chat at half time. You know, this is all on Twitter. I think yes, yeah, so this is a huge forty-five. We this is this must-win game today. I mean, and the irony, you know, well, not not the irony. The fickle thing is, you know, we go into the ninety-third minute, and I'm I'm just devastated. You know, it's another game of dropped points against. Let's face it, I was quite I was quite down about the the potential result today because we're playing against a side that are bang average, bang yeah. average. I mean. Bar the Everton game, which was bad timing, we've been playing decent teams for a while now. And this today was almost like not not the perfect game because actually in, in many ways it was horrible. Yeah but, yeah. but in terms of the quality of the opposition, I mean, it was a it was a bit of a concern that if we'd have, if we'd have drawn today, blind, you know, we would have been feeling so different right now. But yeah, I mean, obviously nothing really nothing really changed too quickly. I mean, we we managed to get a bit of a foothold in the game. I felt straight um, soon after half time. Not not like we were battering the door down, but. There was a couple of um, a cu- cu- couple of chances, a couple of openings, and then obviously from a from a short corner, which is a bit of a feature of our play, um, Zinchenko finds the bottom corner, and all of a sudden there was just this injection of life, wasn't there? Yeah, it was a game of good goals. To let's you know, you referenced it earlier. Saka's fantastic finish. Oh, we didn't Watkins. talk about their second goal, which was yeah, I was about to say what a bit unlucky, right really. I thought. A bit unlucky, but it's, it's decent stuff from them. It's probably their best moment of the game in terms of pattern of play. No, no, no press on the ball, though, was there? No, all? no press. Um, you know, uh, and it's a good finish, obviously. It's calm, pushes the puts. Goes the through Jacker, doesn't it? Sort of just goes yeah, through. You know, it, it's yeah. kind of that. It's one of those ones that then the keeper's gone completely the wrong way and it looks awful, but reality is just unsighted and mm. goes the other way, way. You know, they were game today, and, you know, it was. Um, but you're right, they were game, but they're a little bit of a. A nothing side, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but they're not. More, more I mean by that, it's not that scintillating going forward, but they're not awful. But they're not great at the back. They're not a defensive resolute, but equally they're not. They're not awful either. And it's just kind of like, you know, I think it, they, I think they lack the physicality, Villa, to cause us a lot of problems like our sides have done recently. They're not massively physical. They're quite a short side as well, bar Mings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, yeah, so we get back in the game. Mm. You know, mm. and it. it Good goal, good finish. And from there, what, we've got about 32 minutes on the clock left, plus mm. injury time. I'll be brutally honest, I fancy us at that point. Yeah, we're, starting so to purr, we're starting to purr a bit. I know as nervous as have been, as awful as we've been, not awful as have been, as awful as the results have been, as awful as we've been feeling the last I didn't feel like that. I didn't feel like that when it got to about 80, though. <laughs> yeah, like, I fancied at that point, but we were purring. Erdegaard started to really play well. Like, he is... I know there's some criticism that he sometimes doesn't do it in the big games or can go missing a bit. And let's be honest, like what I would love Erdegaard to work on is, is his sh- uh, shooting, as we'll talk about the missed chance in a minute. They misses late on because yeah. he, he could pick up loads. But when he's good and he's purring, he is such a brilliant footballer to watch. And he's started to play well, and I fancied it. But then we, the goal doesn't come. Mm. And in, 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 in that time, Ramsdale pulls off a fantastic mm. save from a break. It's a match-winning match save. save. I mean, like, you know, if we can't get ahead of ourselves, but we could look back in three, four months' time, winners of the title. 
do you know what I mean? Because they score their three two, I think would be on the floor physically and mentally at that point. Mm. You know, could easily lose the game. Saves it, tips it onto the bar, comes out. Odegaard misses the sitter, the absolute sitter. And at that point, it's looking like another drop point. It's looking like four winless in the league, five winless overall. Um, and the ball squared and just the man you want pinging it from 25 yards or you don't. Uh, Jorginho. Um, who, who, we'll get to Jorginho as well. I'd like to do five minutes on Jorginho or two minutes on Jorginho. Mm. See what you think because I think he's been great but I've still got a butt about him. But I think oh, he's yeah. been great. I'm sure. You know? I'm sure I will probably agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, he pings it. It's a great hit, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's a fantastic hit. But reality is, it's not going in until it comes back off and hits an Arsenal legend. Um, Emmy Martin is on the on on the uh, on Couldn't the. Couldn't happen months. to a nicer bloke, could it? Couldn't happen to a nicer bloke. We all love him, at Arsenal. Still, don't we? Don't we? Don't we? Don't we? Arsenal fans? Um, not. Um, yeah, it goes in. They they check VAR like just like it's just. But that had me worried. Do you know what I mean? After the offline, because reality. Like the thing is, the guy's getting nowhere near that. <laughs> it's just like it's like what you know. It doesn't matter. He could see it for twenty years. He's not getting anywhere near it. Um, you don't know these days, do you? No, nah, you don't. And this is the issue. Um, so anyway, that goes in, and then obviously, the uh, the joy of the uh, Martinelli breakaway. Have you seen Fabio Vieira's celebrate? Like you know, everyone's talking about Martinelli celebrating for it's the net, but Fabio going mental. It was um, it was a torturous. It was a torturous three or four minutes. I mean. Um, that's ninety third minute, Georginos. It's not like yeah, um ninetieth. Yeah. No, it's ninety third yeah. and a bit ninety third and a half. Shout out, shout out to Gabriel's fantastic tackle tackle on Leon Bailey. By the way, yeah, yeah, what a tackle that was! Oh, Leon Bailey looks like he's got him on ice. To honest with you, uh, look, you, you know I've actually you know when those random little players that you quite like. You know I've always liked Leon Bailey for about four or five years. Well, you know, when we watched him live in Leverkusen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've always just liked him, not of the level. I've never said he's of an Arsenal he should, he top should be six, top that, four really. level. But it's just one of the, he's just one of those dangerous players, which he should be starting, shouldn't he? Really? Yeah, but I can probably, I, you know, if I watched him every week, if he's at my club, he'd probably be infuriating because I'm sure he's fits in and out of games and like. But when he's running at you full pelt, he, he's a handful. He's incredible. He can go either way as well, can't he? Where's he saw with a safe? Mm. Bit of that Saint Max about him. Do you know what I mean? You, but the, like, the way Gabriel is off balance, yeah, he goes with his right leg. And he somehow manages to scoop with the left as he's falling. I mean, like, it's yeah, an yeah. absolutely fantastic piece fantastic. of that is because it could easily be a pen top. Easily. And do you know what? That. We know he's susceptible occasion to an error, but William Saliba has been phenomenal this year. Revelation walked into our side, but Gabriel has stepped up. Gabriel has been a different Gabriel this year in a big, big way. Yes, particularly um, when particularly when Saliba's gone through a, a period of just being a little bit off, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, it's one of those ones that, you couldn't have another Saliba next to him because I don't, you know, I think there'd be too many lapses in concentration because the guy's so laid back, he's sideways. Um, so sometimes the criticism of Gabriel being a bit frantic or a bit hot, not hot headed, but you know that bit, look, loose cannony. I actually think we need that next to Saliba because otherwise we'd be. I just wish you, I just wish you wouldn't do though. One. I just wish you wouldn't decide to go a little bit kamikaze in some such huge games. No, of course, but, um, again, but I, two I think young, young centre backs. An unbelievable season. Yeah, they're two young centre-backs. Um, but you're right. It's a game we've conceded two goals, so I can't necessarily say our defence has been outstanding. But there are two moments there, the Gabriel tackle and the Ramsdale save, which undoubtedly keep us in the game. 100%. We go and get the late winners. Um, and like I said, the way in which we get those points, I think, is so valuable to the run coming up. There's no two ways about it if, and it's a huge if, but if Arsenal are going to go and contend in this title race till the end, I'm not saying win it, but contend till the end, we need to take a lot of points in the next six games. Yeah, because the, the, the seven or eight after that are a lot harder, let's be honest. Yeah, the next six games are on paper in isolation. Arsenal will, you go to the bookies, will be favourites in every single one. You know, we don't go to a Liverpool yet. We don't go to St. James's Park. We don't go to the Etihad. We've got those three games to come. Our next six fixtures... Leicester, Everton, Bournemouth, Fulham, Palace, Leeds. The reality is we need to haul in those points, in points-wise. And if we drop more points today, I think any of those games I've just listed could be tough, you know. But the confidence boost by getting a last-minute winner, I think we'll be flying into those games now, I hope. I really hope so. Um, so I was so super pleased with our day, regardless um, mm. of, of what happened two hours later. 
Well, yeah, and I think just to sort of touch on the end of the game there as well, it was great to just see the scenes, you know, the, like the vibe, the vibes are back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 I think it's badly needed, and, and for, there's nothing better, is there, than a tonic for as three points, and and a last minute how, winner as well. Yeah, it doesn't matter how it comes. Like you said at the beginning, sometimes late winners, and dare I say, and look, I, I don't want to, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing the kiss of death here at all. I know I'm not, but that's what the, that's what you need. How many times? How many times did Lampard have a deflected shot into the bottom corner in the ninety-third minute of a Chelsea away game? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And then they go on to win the title. But right? you need, United did it for years. Yeah, and you years need and these years. moments. We've sat and watched teams do it. Like, and also for Jorginho to take a to take a shot of that that's that's brave because if he puts that wide or in, or just over, I mean, we're absolutely capable, we are fuming at him. But yeah. but but is but, but he's a Euro Euro European champion? You know, Champions League winner, he puts it in, and all, and he's just, he's, you know, the guy's a genius. But it's yeah. fine, fine margins, and it's luck as well, sort of, with the with with the own goal. Of course, um, it's of course it's a bit of luck there. I'm glad for um, Martinelli as well. Look, I was a I was a huge critic of the Jorginho signing. Um, yeah, we still you talk about the Jorginho thing, won't we? Yeah, a huge critic of the Jorginho signing uh, for, for 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 multiple levels, really: profile of player, ambition. Um, I think you and I said as well, it's not necessarily about Jorginho. It's about the fact that you pursue another centre midfielder in because they don't get it done. And then it looked, it felt very panicky. So it's not necessarily about the individual you actually end up getting. It's more about your failures to get someone else that you were frustrated by as a fan. So, you know, even Trossard, I was annoyed at the time. I think Trossard's a very tidy footballer. He's fine. Yeah. But most Arsenal fans were annoyed with Trossard because we've tried and been mugged at the last minute for Madrid. That's the reality. It's not necessarily our thoughts on Trossard. If you just go and get Trossard done out of the blue, like we went and got Vieira done out of the blue, no one was moaning about signing Fabio Vieira because it wasn't this drawn-out saga. Mudrick's looking pricey at the moment. He he is, but I'll I'll talk about it. You know, to to be fair, we we don't talk talk about Chelsea players, but um, I I think he'd be looking a very different player at Arsenal in a a squad that had been playing this harmonious. He wouldn't be expected to be the guy. He'd just be a young attacker. But anyway, I, I feel a bit sorry, you know, I don't feel sorry for him because he got the move and he could have put his foot down, but yeah. he'd be looking a very different player, I think, somewhere else. Um, anyway, um, yeah, Jorginho, but I'll hold my hands up. Obviously, in the two starts against City and today, he's been fantastic. He's He's been incredible. He's done his job so well, and you can't ask more from, than that. For me, there is still a but in the fact that he is not as fast in transition as Thomas Partey, that's just not that's just that's just a fact. There was a few times, and um, I said to you this midweek, that people might not have seen it if they weren't at the City game because it wouldn't have been picked up on telly. But there's a few times where Ramsdale was visibly annoyed with Jorginho for not receiving the ball and turning in the same way that Partey would when he would when he would throw it out. You know that half turn that Partey does, and actually just suddenly it gains us like twenty yards on the pitch because it sort of turns with the opens ball the game it. up opens the game and he doesn't do that he's very good at back to um facing backwards he's very good at laying off um he's actually quite a progressive passer but in terms of his body movement he doesn't necessarily aid the transition in the same pace and same way on the he doesn't take balls on the half turn necessarily in the same way that Thomas Partey does um and therefore I wonder in in games where we're trying to beat a really low block, where I just like or teams that are fast counter, thinking like a Spurs, I think he could be that could, could worry about playing like a spy at Spurs again with a Georgina in the side. Do you know what I mean? I know we didn't took a job to a nil on them. I wouldn't want to go be going there without Thomas Party and a Jorginho. Yeah. However, he's he's showing his experience and he's definitely showing his quality on the ball. I think he'll definitely be a player you look at, and I don't think I'll be sitting there at the end of the day saying they at the end of the day saying. Jorginho's made this, 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 and this error. You sometimes you don't get the additional things from him, but you're probably not going to get, you're not going to get colossal errors either. No, he, he, he's, he's a lone six, but and he plays it very differently. They're just different, completely different profile of player, um, aren't they? And and you know, Partey, Partey is Partey. We, there's no point even going into. You know, we we know how good the guy is. He's our most integral player. The, the stats don't really lie. You know, in terms of our form. However, you know, we, we can't really, we can't point fingers at Jorginho at all in his last two appearances, really. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the Everton game was was difficult because he came on in that game and it was a horrible fixture. And I, I thought today, I thought today in the second half, he showed what he's all about with some of those progressive passes that you said, but really between narrow lines. There was yeah, one to yeah. Saka, there was one to Saka where Saka had that shot of his right foot that got saved. And that's, that's through an eye of a needle, that is. And there was one that didn't actually come off to, to Saka as well. 
but I really loved it. Like it was, if it come off, Saka's clean through. Yeah. You know, like I, I, so he looks for that killer ball, which I like. And I think what you're what you were sort of saying a minute ago about you know obviously the other side of the the, the coin is that I think what happens as well is when when he gets bypassed, there's an that what we we see a little bit of flashback of Xhaka. when he was um, yeah when yeah Xhaka yeah. gets bypassed, you know, um, and 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 I think I think you know, Partey might be back for Leicester. Um, and he has to if he's fit he obviously has to be back into the side because he's so important but if you're a Jorginho or you're a Trossard which we were saying earlier he didn't necessarily grab the grab the moment you need to come into this team and you if you're not if you're on the fringes you have to kind of make your stance and be like right well it's gonna you, I'm gonna make it hard for you to drop me the next game you know yeah. and Jorginho to be fair to him has done that it's just, that he's, he's, just that he's, he's, he's in competition with you know and, and you know what he's probably done he's probably meant that if Partey is even a slight doubt against Leicester he won't be played you know that's the difference whereas you know I think if he'd had a two poor games we'd be like we need Partey back we rush him back rush him back I don't think we'll be rushing back I, I actually given Partey's injury record which we know is not fantastic um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jorginho still starting next week against Leicester and then Partey start the run of games at home home games because then we've got Everton Bournemouth back to back at home now that for me feels like when we'll see Thomas Partey back inside even if he could probably make Leicester that's my gut feeling mm. um, but you're right the, 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 look there's no getting away from it it's still part about that Xhaka question a midfield duo of Xhaka and Partey sorry Xhaka and Jorginho it, it, it's not it's slow let's be honest it's slow yeah mm. and so they are they are for games like I said I wouldn't want to be playing Spurs on the counter with those two in the middle of your pitch, because I think you're in trouble. If you're playing against teams of a low bot, I think it's okay. Um, so against Leicester, so do you think Martin Lee comes straight back in the side against Leicester? It's a tough one, isn't it? Because it's a tough one. I think going back to that 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 point about pace as well. Sometimes it's just about not not just having lightning pace, but legs. And they both don't have, you know, they're both they're both they're both 30, 31. Which is why someone like a Declan Rice, we sort of see what he can offer because he's not lightning quick, but he covers the grass incredibly well. He's not slow, like Declan Rice, yeah. but you're right. He's not lightning, but he's not those, slow, and he will just all day run. run. Yeah, and then those those two those two definitely don't. I think, like I said earlier, though, I think what you know what would have been terrible today if we hadn't have got that win is because we were playing against a side that really we were that were there for us to kind of do a do a complete job on and in midfield we didn't really get exposed as much in that area of the of the pitch because we we weren't really having to go backwards too much you know i think Le- Leicester might be similar in the respect that i think Leicester looking quite sharp going forward but i think they'll also concede so it's, it's, it, mm. it could be another it could be another game i wouldn't be shocked to see both teams score next weekend that's know, a like... real real tough fixture because they yeah. are they are very good at very very good at transition Leicester and they they've got a bit of momentum haven't they um, you know, Barnes think, is staying fit. Madison's obviously a great player. And you, it was interesting though with the, 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 the like with the Villa game, they then playing City, and we played City the other day. They played City obviously at the Etihad, and they gave they did they they didn't give City hardly anything to worry about. And it was whereas when Brentford went to City, for example, all sorts of problems, you know, yeah, yeah. and and they, they were. Villa, Villa, I would say, is probably one of the easiest games in the league at the moment. They don't really know what they are under Emery at the moment. I think they're they're, they're still trying to work things out. But yeah, you, you said about obviously the the afternoon got even better. Um, it did get a lot better, and let's be honest, I don't think anyone would have expected it, even with us in inverted commas putting the pressure back on with a win. I was happy enough. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's the reality. That's the reality. Um, I mean, I did. What I would say is I did semi-call it in a text to you halfway through the game. You know, when City were only... I, was putting I, thought, you, I, thought, just, I thought you were just hoping for it. <laughs> yeah, but I thought... That's, we all were. And I said it to my man, I was like, that's, the only 2% chance you've got here is if City don't go and get a second and it just waits till 80... I was actually hoping for 85, 86, 87 minutes plus. They actually scored, I think, it's the 83rd minute, which is get you know, which leaves a bit too long for my liking. Um, but it's the kind of game that I knew that if Forrest equalised 70 minutes or whatever... City get a winner. They'll just go, they'll, you know, they've got 25 minutes left. They'll get a winner. If, if, if Forrest has scored 60 minutes, 50 minutes, City just go on and win the game quite comfortably. Whereas it got to obviously 83, the possession, all the stats are crazy in City favours, as you'd imagine they were. Um, but it's still only 1 0. And we, as we always say, you know, football is football. 1 0 is never safe. You're never safe at 1 0. Doesn't matter how poor the other team is, doesn't matter how good you are. Um, you're not safe. And yeah, that's a, that's a big one, isn't it? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, absolute touch. I was, I was, I was 
constantly refreshing my live score like every single 10 seconds just waiting for that full-time whistle because it is it reminded me of the Everton game when they had about 10 minutes added on interesting actually like when you were talking there I was thinking a bit about City's kind of drop points and Everton was a late equaliser I think Damari Gray yeah today was late they lost late at Old Trafford didn't they yeah very well two that goals was, quickly that was a late now. turnaround and what Pep, Pep, Pep doesn't make changes you know, I, I think his first change today, I don't know if you've got it, but his first change was about 88, 89? No, ironically, um, Arteta and Pep are quite similar in that respect. They are they, they are quite know, similar. I mean, Arteta yeah, yeah. actually sort of, he, he likes the first one to be around about 60, 65. But, but I, don't think, I don't think they made any changes until Forrest scored. I, I might be wrong there. But, but they, they, are, they, they are vulnerable late in game city. It's something to keep an eye on. They're, they're, and also, the reality is they've dropped a lot of points away from home this year. Mm. Um, but, but, City, but, but Brentford was late at home. Everton yeah, was late yeah. at home. Like they, They're vulnerable late. Yeah, they've picked up 21 points on the road this year, City. We've picked up 28. Mm. Played same. Both played 12 away from home. So that's a big difference, seven points. Do you know what I mean? It's bigger than the, the league table currently. Which obviously tells you that their home form has been better than ours by by nose, but but it has by 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 yeah by three points. Talking about two points, home, talking about the home form, and you said about those fixtures, and and you know I do I do worry about most away games in this league because you know bar a bar bar a Bournemouth or a Southampton, which we we hate playing Southampton, but there's not many really that you cherry pick to be honest. No. And you've got Leicester in there, you've got Fulham who had a great result today. Such a hard West place Ham, to go. We've got we've but, got we've got tough West, we've got such tough away games. We have, but, but that means that we have to be. And I said this before the Brentford game. We've got yeah. to be. Per- and you said it. We've got to be perfect at home yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no messing about now. I actually, I actually, you look at our fixture list. We have to win every single home game. Have to. Now on paper we should. Paper is a very different, you know, sport is not played on paper, football's not played on paper. But we've got Everton at home, Bournemouth at home, Palace at home, Leeds at home, Southampton at home, Chelsea at home, you could argue, it's toughish if they, if they find some form, Brighton at home, Wolves at home. Now, the reality is there, we should win every one of those games. There's no City in that list. There's no United in that list. There's no Newcastle with defensively resolute in that list. And there's not even Liverpool in the list who could just, you know, if Liverpool find their form, they've won, gone and won today at St James Park. So we should win every home game there. But it gets to the point we're gonna we get, we have to. So, but like I, I can't keep on coming back to it. If we do win every home game, we'll be there or thereabouts because we're just getting to that point in the season now. We've got eight home. Well, well, how many home games have we got left? What was that? One, two, three, four, That's seven, five, eight, seven, eight. Yeah. yeah. Eight times three, you know, do do the maths, 24 points onto where we are at the moment. Mm. You know, so even if you don't pick up anything else away, away from home, you're 78 points. Mm. Now, you'll pick up a couple of things away. So if City are going to drop points. This is it. So City's games on paper, they don't have the stinkers that we have, mm. but I still think they have some tough away games to come. They, don't, they do. They're away at Bournemouth next. Now you'd have to think of, like we said, of all the places, but after, they are away. After a midweek Champions League game? But then they're away to Palace, not the easiest. They've still got to go away to Brighton, still got to go away to Fulham, away to Everton. Um, and you know, who knows where this crazy roller coaster title will take us. Last day of the season, they're away at Brentford. I wouldn't want to be going there if I had to win a game. You know. If Brentford could be fighting for European football. Yeah. You I would mean, not want to be going to Brentford last day of the season needing to win. Now Yeah. Even even I mean this is not a this is not a kind of a Premier League Roundup pod um, listeners, so please do stay with us because this we very rarely venture off track because it's always Arsenal. But Brentford today, even then, nicking a point late on, they 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 don't they're so hard to beat that side. Really are, really are, and unfortunately for them, it's the kind of that the Premier League is so tough that you think, oh, they must be in and around Europe, and right now they're ninth, and it's just like you're like, really? How has there been eight eight teams better than Brentford this year? Do you know what I mean? It's just the quality of the league. I mean, you look at those teams, Fulham, Brighton, Brentford, they give anyone a run for their money these days. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Really good outfits. Um, so, yeah, so so some, some some really tough games there, but Fulham away will be tough um, for us. But, and, you know, we, we, we spoke earlier about, obviously, the return of Jesus, and that doesn't seem to be too far away. That would be a lovely little, another little boost, wouldn't it, in the week if we get some training ground pictures of, of Jesus kind of like, Doing you know in some little uh, in very some similar to Partey, I'll, I'll be surprised if we see him at Leicester 
but I could easily see him in one of those two home games afterwards. Everton at home or Bournemouth at home, we'll, we'll be getting, we'll be seeing Gabby Jesus get some minutes, which will be a huge boost to Arsenal Football Club. A huge boost to having back fit. ESR was in the squad today, wasn't he? Was he? Was he? Was he not? Obviously, didn't get any minutes, but another boost. You get them to back fit. People forget, and I know, I think people are slightly sleeping on the ESR for, for the for the right reasons. It's because he's never fit, not because people are writing him off. But even if we get six game bursts from him, he's great at coming up with goals. We're going to need, you know, we, we spoke about this the other day. Arsenal are going to need goals from different places. We do not have a Haaland. We don't, you know, who does in world football. But what we don't even have a striker who gets you 25 league goals a year. Mm. We are a combination everyone pitching in with goals effort. So if ESR gets on the pitch and just grabs us three or four league goals in the running, could be critical, could be absolutely critical. Um, we're going to need to make sure that we take chances. There'll be, there'll be games where they need to be clinical. And he is one of our better finishers at the club. So I'd love to see him back fit. And But yeah, that's not to distract from the, the, the main player returning, which is going to be this will be huge. Mm. Yeah, Trossard reminds me a lot of Smithrow, actually, the way he moves and plays and jinks inside. And um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of similarities there, but I think Smith Rowe kind of he does have an he does have a knack. He drives through spaces, he drives through gaps, and, and I think you know we need that more from Trossard a little bit. Just that kind of like um, not nastiness, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In that final, like the sniffer goal out like in that final third, um, yeah. ten non-penalty goals last year, Smith Rowe, which is very good. I don't think anyone in the Arsenal team this year, maybe Bar Martinelli or or Odegaard, will get ten non-penalty goals. I mean, you know, the thing is, when you, when you look at Trossard at Brighton, apart from when it tailed off at the end, his goal involvements have, have been great. And it, it, yeah. we, he's been thrust into a title race for a club that's not won the league for 20 years. And we're expecting him to be like, you know, turning yeah, no, to no, Robert, no. Robert Pires overnight, you know? So. No, no, no. We, 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 you know, all these... The reason is, you look at Saka, you look at Martinelli, not really, but you look at Eddie and Ketia, you look at Odegaard, um, and these people are at least a year or two years away from being where you'd think they need to be for, in, in terms of their own career and development to win a title, you know, um, and yet we're in a tie race. So that's the, that's the positive thing. But I'd actually be looking at Sacco and Martinelli as players who, for me, should be getting 15 to 20 league goals, you know, that sort of like, you know, that sort of range. And neither of them will do that this year. Um, and yet we're still in the race. So, but but I think both those players are capable of doing that in three or four years' time when they're 24, hmm. 25, because they're both 21 years old. And that's hmm. the fantastic thing. That's the fantastic thing. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in terms of looking ahead to Leicester, just before we kind of get get ready to wrap up, um, obviously we've got, a week, we've got a week to prepare for that game like we didn't have for Villa, um, which, was, which was why today was such a... It was just... It, it just had... Get those three points and get out of there because when you don't have time to prepare for a game, you've just lost to your main rivals. This is the thing with this game, actually. The more I'm thinking about it now, I'm like, you know what? What what a te- what a, what a te- symbolic moment this could be for this team because, you, like you said right at the beginning, there was everything about this today was set up. Everyone watching us, early game, BT, just been beaten by City, haven't won in three league games. Lots we're of we're up in the title talk. We're lots of bottle in the title talk. Yeah, we're up against Emery. Um, they score. We don't have the Emirates crowd roaring us when we concede. You know, we're away from home. It's a bit windy. We do. We reply. They go again, two one up, and we've still got the reserves to keep going and going and going. It wasn't pretty at times. I don't think we clicked into fifth gear too often today. I don't think. But there were there were signs that it was coming back. And I think sometimes. Just getting a win can reignite form, and that's hopefully what we find at Leicester. Because I do think we'll need form at Leicester, not yeah. just getting a bit of luck. Yeah, no, you're right. And look, not many times will you go away from home, concede twice, and still win the game. The reality is we can't give away that many chances. Like you said, their second goal is a good move, but we're soft. We're not really pressing hard enough. You know, the the, the first goal, it's a bit of an individual error again. It's not a Tommy Howler like City. It's not like an obvious, oh my, what have you done? But it's sloppy. It's sloppy, put it that way. Um, you know, the Ramsdale shot, the the, the, the Bailey clean through, like they, they've had chances. And the thing is, if you, if you concede two goals away from home, you're often coming away point at best. Yeah, so you, yeah. you're not. You're not. You know, how many times you're going to go away and travel and score four goals? No, exactly. Not, uh, well, know. and yeah, you, bang on. And 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 
unless you've got a, a front line of what Liverpool had, you know, for four years where they had so much firepower, we, that, that young front line that we've got, we can't keep putting them in scenarios where they have to dig us out of problems all the time because our defenders are sort of switching off, giving the ball away. And, and we you know? don't, I referenced it earlier, we don't have many, now this is, this is awful analysis. You know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't get me a space on Monday Night Football or any, some, or even some of the our esteemed I've done about that, Tom. fellow podcasts. <laughs> some of the we don't have many pings in our team. What I mean by that is how many players will score three, four, five goals from outside the box this year? None. None is the answer. Like, you know, as good as I think Bukayo Zachary is, he's probably one of the top two or three right wingers in the world football. Until that United goal, you know, and again, today is a great finish, but he's normally on the end of a great move that he's instigated and built. But, you know, Martinelli is a poacher slash demon wide forward. We don't have many people that drop a shoulder and knock it in top bins from 20 yards. And away from home, you often need that for a moment, basically a goal from nothing moment per player. We don't have many goal from nothing player, um, um, nothing players, um, and without that, as you say, we we need to make sure we are defensively far tighter in the second half of the season. We've conceded too many goals. Yeah, what what, what will and I guess if we're projecting and looking ahead to how we might win a title, you've got it's going to be about how do we stabilize things because. I think our goal tally has been fantastic. I mean, I know, I know. At times we've been, you know, particularly lately we've been a, we've been critical of you know Martinelli and Inketia, who somehow made it through this podcast till about five minutes ago without being mentioned, um, <laughs> which was which is interesting. Um, but um, we and we know our thoughts on Eddie. He's done a good job, but you know, it's, it, we need Jesus back. Full stop. Um, I think it's the defence where we're going to need to see that stabilise. And if we are to win this thing, it's going to be how do we make some adjustments in that build-up play? Because I do feel like the City game obviously cost us hugely and they punished us like, like, like top players do. But even today, we're giving a goal to a team who, bang average, we're giving encouragement to sides from the get-go. And it's like we weren't doing that in the first half of the season. And Zinchenko, we, we spoke about this the other day, actually. You know, Zinchenko's played a lot more football lately than he played in the first half of the season. I mean, I, I don't think Zinchenko played more than six or seven league games, to be honest, before the mm. World Cup. Um, so we can play good stuff, you know, without this genius that we have, this blonde, this blonde genius who he seems to be popping up everywhere on the pitch. Um, I do think he has taken over the mantle of Jesus, funnily enough, as the leader of this team since yeah. Jesus has been out. It's quite interesting how... We sort of knew these these two were when we signed them, but we've really seen it since Jesus has been out. The guy, this you know, this Ukrainian little kind of guy who's just full of heart and full of charisma and character. He, um, yeah, he stepped up and to look, the plate I today. I don't want to be too artetary and all or nothing, but he's full of passion. Now, I don't, did you see the little video that went viral? And energy, days? energy. The, the little boy doing kickups in the street. You mm. seen it? Mm, mm. and the Arsenal squad walked by on their walk before the match and all of them the others just walk past and sort of say hello but Zinchenko yeah. stops and plays with him mm. and I think he megs uh, he nutmegs um, Zinchenko mm. and Zinchenko's like oh no like you know like but that passion and that love for football and that belief you know I think it carries a team a long way and you're right the de facto leader who, who we need in the side and who like I said to the top of the court I said it sort of the top of the pod I would play him every week because of what he gives you. I just think what you we need to be aware of tactically is by playing him what, where we will suffer because of that. So I'd always I'd always play play him, not necessarily guaranteed starts. When I say I'd always play him, but I'd always find a home for him, whether it's off the bench or starting. But we just need to be very tactically astute that this free roaming spirit, almost this football loving spirit does mean there are defensive deficiencies or overloads on areas of the pitch because he's just vacated. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, but, but I love him because there was a, there was a, there's one of the small criticisms of our, I say small criticism, it's quite a large criticism of Arteta in his first 18 months, two years in the job, um, was the same criticism of Pep, i.e. are these managers too rigid in roles? Like, you know, you do this, you don't leave the byline, you, you know, this is where you, 
And Zinchenko kind of is like the antithesis of that. It's like it's the complete opposite to that. And I'm number really, 10, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm really glad he's embraced that. You know, I'm glad Arteta's embraced that because it was a criticism I had over Arte 18 months. I never uttered the words on Twitter. I never thought he should go. But one of my small criticisms was he, he seemed a bit dictatorial, like too rigid. But he seems to have really opened up in that expressiveness this year. And that's what I love. Um, look, we'll come to the end of the call. You mentioned at the top of the call, I think it'll be interesting in the summer. So this won't be about Eddie, this comment. But it'll be interesting in summer to see what we do in wide position, sorry, in forward positions in terms of recruitment. We know the big investment in the summer will be central midfield. That's no secret. We bid 70, 80 million Casado, rumours about Tom, uh, uh, rumours about Rice, Thomas Party and, and, and Granite Jack are getting on. We know there is going to be huge investment in central midfield. But I'm really intrigued to see what we do up top because I think Eddie has done a great job. But what he's clearly not is a man who's going to lead your line for three or four months injury. If, 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 if Gabby Jesus had done his hamstring was out for three or four weeks, I'd have no problem seeing Eddie line up for Arsenal this year or next year. But the, the, the problem is when you get an injury that's three or four months, it's a different kettle of fish. Um, so, so I'm very intrigued to see, but look, that's the summer. So we've got a title race to be a part of before then. So. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say I'm so frazzled after today. I don't know if I can get my head around transfer windows. <laughs> yeah, we've got, we've got a title um, race to be part it's, of. It's funny it. though, when you were mentioning about Zinchenko a minute ago, and I was just sort of laughing to myself, thinking like when I was playing football growing up, wow, like I was a left back. And um, I'm, glad, I'm glad there wasn't as much responsibility on my shoulders as Zinchenko's shoulders basically being a, a luxury left back. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite funny really. But, uh, but yeah, so... Obviously, looking ahead to Leicester, I'm sure we'll, we'll be back onto the pod to discuss that. Hopefully, we'll be in buoyant mood as last time. Um, just to wrap up, obviously, for listeners and for Tom, um, we've got a, just a quick guest, Aguna, to finish off today. Um, not I'm many clubs, Tom. Today. Not, not many clubs, Tom. Myself, though. Yeah, I know, but we've got we've got all those listeners to... Uh... We should probably have a TikTok, like, give me, like, or if yeah, I'll do yeah. something for you. 30 seconds, time me out of as I just sit here in embarrassment. That's a good you shout. Know. I can always edit as well. Yeah. Um, right. Not, Mitch not so many... give me seven hours. Not, not so many clubs for this one. I think you might be all right here. Villarreal, Recreativo Helva, Malaga, Arsenal. That's it. Yeah. Ooh. So, obviously, Finish predominantly in Spain. And then, obviously, some fantastic years for Arsenal. Fantastic years for Arsenal would suggest. Well, a bit of a. And a return to Villarreal just to maybe give you an extra. Oh, okay. Then that'll probably be Santi, won't it? It will be. There you go. It will there be. You go. The, 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 the two footed corner taking Santi. The overrated uh, Santi Cazorla. <laughs> I can't finish on that pod. I love Santi. Sorry, I can't finish that comment. I love Santi Cazorla. I do think we just have slightly rose tinted glasses about some players, and he's one of them. Thomas Rizicki is another. Don't get me wrong, these are ballers. I love them, but I love them all. But I just sometimes the way Arsenal fans talk about them, it's like they were like Zinedine Zidane. I'm like, they were good. They were very yeah, good players. But like, you say that, good. but Santi, Santi was part of that prime Spain side, and he had a lot of football for them as well, didn't he? You know. Yeah, no, look, like I said, he was an incredible player, but it's just, I, don't, I just, it, it, do you know what it is? I think when a club goes through a tough stretch, like we obviously did. Oh, yeah, yeah. We weren't winning anything, let alone league titles. Yeah, we yeah. weren't really appreciating any good player because it was just... <laughs> yeah, like, so I just feel like it's a bit like, you know, remember, remember that period where Joel Campbell didn't even play football? And suddenly everyone was saying he's really good. And I was like, the guy's got the guy's crap, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But like people are like, oh, get out while you can, Joel Campbell. Why aren't we playing Joel Campbell? I'm like, Joel Campbell is your answer. And I just yeah. feel like, so any decent football we had, and, and Santi was obviously more than decent, his class, his quality. Mm. But I just feel we put them on this pedestal because mm. the rest of the squad was so crap. Mm. Uh, but anyway. Got, the, us, got, got, us of, got us out of a bit of bother at Wembley against Hull, didn't he? Oh, mate, the, the guy's an Arsenal legend for that reason, you know. Well, maybe not legend, legend. But, you know, yeah. he's an Arsenal hero for that reason. Um, I will always love him, but it's just it does funny that sometimes people do like an Arsenal eleven all time, and some people put him in. I'm like, are you sure? Mm. Uh, <laughs> anyway, oh look, yeah, yeah, great no, day, yeah. great day. The the, the 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 belief is back, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, and now for match of the day, obviously. Oh, uh, can't wait! Can't no, wait thanks, listeners, for tuning in. Always Arsenal. Thanks, Tom. Um, and uh, speak, soon. speak after Leicester when we go six points. You know how many points clear will be? Five, six, seven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty similar, isn't it, to kind of where we were um, pre pre World Cup, which is win our game in hand. It's exactly the same as the World Cup mm. lead. Mm. 
Yeah. So well, that's been um, that's been Tom and me, Andrew. Um, always Arsenal. We'll see you next time, Gunas. Henri will have to do it alone. Oh! Sensational goal from Thierry Henry to secure a sensational result for Arsenal. Pires. Oh, what a shot! It's a fabulous goal from Robert Pires. It was in from the moment he hit it. Kyle Saka. Yeah!